It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. We've just had the jobs data released. Unemployment rates have fallen to 3.9% from 4%. That shows why there are significant staff shortages all around the country at the moment. So repeating that uh, that unemployment rate has fallen to 3.9%. Just incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. We get underway with round 11 of the NRL tonight and uh, it is the Newcastle Knights taking on the Broncos. Joining me on the line now is uh, is Barry Tui, a bit of a flu-ridden Barry Tui. Good morning, my friend. How are you, Trace? Oh, you sound a bit croaky. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not too bad, but a little bit. <laughs> Listen to <No>. the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had your flu back yet or not? No, I haven't. Oh, see, so you're as bad as Bob Hawes, the boss of uh, of the uh, of Hunter Business yesterday. He's got it as well, and he hasn't had his flu vac, see? Well, can I tell you something, Trace? I've never had a flu vaccination. Never? Wow. And I very rarely get it, but my wife got it bad, mm. and um, she gave it to me, obviously. But anyway, that's you, the way it You've got to be careful who you're kissing, my friend. That's it. That's it. <laughs> now, listen, uh, Trent Barrett, uh, you and I have been talking about it for a few weeks now. There are so many different stories going around the place. Uh, what is the true story? What do we know that actually did happen? Did did he you know, did he resign on Saturday? Did he resign on Sunday? Was he pushed by uh, by Phil? What what on earth is the true story? Oh, I'd be all of those things, Trace. Mm. Um, he obviously resigned, but um, the writing was on the wall, and he was told that I would presume. So um, yeah, look, it happened very quickly, didn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, there was there's, there was rumours floating around for a lot. There's been rumours floating around for for ages, um, and the fact that they haven't been winning games and then played so poorly against the Knights the other night. Um, obviously, the the Canterbury board is is put there every two years by their members, and the Canterbury board um, uh, the board members uh, are always under pressure. Because uh, basically their, their future as board members uh, hangs on the mm. fact that they're doing a good job as far as their members go. And when their members start to uh, start to ask some questions, some serious questions about the coaching and what's going on at the club, then uh, I would presume that there was a few board members getting a little bit uh, edgy in, in what was happening. And, and it all came to a head after that night's game. And, um, yeah, look... You know, he they came out and said that he'd um, Trent Barrett resigned, but you can bet your life that um, he was pushed into it. You and I talked about the fact that um, that Phil Gould had taken over training, and uh, you know, we we could kind of see the writing on the wall. And uh, at that point in time, you know, we we both said that uh, well, you know, he wouldn't have gone in and done that without Trent Barrett's approval. What do you think? Was was it mounting before before that time? Oh, no doubt. No doubt, Tracy. I mean, that was the that was the big one. That was, yeah. you know, him coming in and taking over a, a video session and then taking over training. Even though Trent may have been, you know, well, he was obviously an ingredient to it. To it because if if Phil Gould comes in and says I'm going to do this, um, take this session today, then what, what's Trent Barrett going to say? Mm. No, you're not. Yeah, um, he's his boss. Yeah, so, yeah, and and they came out and won that weekend. It just put so much pressure on on Barrett, um, but nothing changed after that. They they were beaten again the week after, and then obviously the Knights game um, 
where they were so poor in the second half in particular. And they've got a, uh, I'm not saying their, their roster is fantastic, but they've got a roster that should be winning a few games, and at the moment they're not doing that. And something had to give, and as is always the case generally with NRL clubs, it's never the players' fault, it's always no. the coaches' fault. Yeah. And, um, and that's, the easiest, that's the easiest decision to make to, to try and uh, turn things around. It's, uh, it's amazing, it really is. Now now that they've got Trent, now that Trent's gone, apparently uh, we're now we're turning our attention to Nathan Brown. Apparently uh, there's renewed speculation that he's at risk of being the next coach on the chopping block. Really? Why, why do we do this, Baz? Why do, we, uh, why do we hunt down these coaches? Yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. Because I think it's, social media's got a lot to answer for as far as that goes. I think, um, you know, fans of teams, um, they just want instant results and they're not, not prepared to wait or there's no, uh, you know, they want to see their team winning and, and um, when they're not winning, then there has to be a scapegoat and you know what social media is like mm. and it, it puts pressure on the people in the higher positions that make the decisions on coaches and, and these days you just don't get a lot of time. Um, and the Warriors have had some pretty ordinary performances in amongst some pretty good performances. They've had some injuries as well. But, um, and then you get um, agendas, media agendas as well, that put people in the media that don't like you know, certain coaches. So, um, you, know, you wouldn't do they, that, would you? When, when the, I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> when, they, when they get the opportunity mm. to put the knife in and start asking questions, that's what they do. And... Um, and Nathan Brown's got a few enemies in the media for what mm. for whatever reason. Um, so questions get asked, but I noticed he's um, the owner was was put on the spot about Nathan last last weekend after the game, and and basically said I'm not answering any questions on it. So look, I know that um, Nathan Brown's got a good relationship with the owner there, but um, he knows as well as anyone else that um, you know if they don't if they don't get the results, then. Um, He's in trouble. It's a difficult situation though for him because, um, and for the Warriors, because they're away from home. So you'd hope with a few. I think they've got two or three new signings coming next year. You would hope that uh, Nathan Brown would get an opportunity to coach the Warriors in New Zealand yeah. with the with some of those players that he's brought in. And the players at home, you know, they've been away from home for two years now. Yeah, how can that be settled? Well, and you look at someone like Sean Johnson, who I believe. Been, been playing pretty ordinary for them and, and not giving them a lot of direction and, and um, you know he's the main man for them and, and he hasn't really uh, delivered in that regard but his wife and, and I'm not sure he's got two or just one child he might only have one child they're, they're in New Zealand so he's over here basically on his own um, it's just not a great situation mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says it's not a great situation to be producing your best when you're when your family's still living in another country, yeah, so I, I agree that, with you there. that all changes. That all changes, and that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. I reckon, um, you know, when things start to go a little bit wrong and and uh, your form's not up to scratch, well, that just um, makes it worse when you haven't got any family around you. And um, as I say, they'll they'll get back there next year and and um, play some games over there, mm-hmm. and hopefully um, the Warriors, you know, can can uh, become a bit of a force. It would be great to see. Now, the one that grabbed my attention this week was, God love him, Brett Naden from the Bulldogs. Now, uh, 
Obviously, uh, when the team sheets came out on Tuesday, uh, Brent was listed as uh, as out or unavailable for the uh, for the Bulldogs. But then uh, on the team sheet for the West Tigers, there he pops. That was just hilarious to see, Baz. That you've got on one on the Bulldogs, you've got you know that that he's uh, he's unavailable. But then yeah, he's he's playing in the other on the West Tigers side. They only just by the skin of their teeth got him registered for uh, to be able to play this weekend. That's farcical. That is just craziness. Yeah, I think the the team come out on four o'clock on a on a um, Tuesday. Uh, the NRL releases the teams at four o'clock, and they got his deal done at five to four, I think. Um, so, and the the well, the, the, you could talk about it being farcical. The, the, the most farcical thing is that you know, ten minutes earlier he was a a Bulldogs player, and now he's a West Tigers player, and they're playing the Bulldogs on the weekend. Mm. So um, he's playing against his former club, but that's, I don't know, it's just the nature of the beast these days. I mean, player transfers, um, there's so much wrangling in behind the scenes about players going here and there, particularly now, coming up to June 30, that we'll get more of that sort of mm. stuff. Uh, you can bet your life on a trace. There'll be players going all over the shop in the next month. Um, that's just the nature of the beast and how, how it works. Great, just what we like to see. Now yeah. we, we can't avoid it. Um, so last week you uh, you beat me. You got five out of eight. I uh, I got the four out of eight, and <laughs> there was some uh, really shocking results, weren't they? Or it was uh, it was quite uh, quite a bizarre round, Baz. Well, there was some upsets, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, um, not too many people predicted uh, the Sharks to get beat. No, um, and they never looked like winning, to be honest. Um. And, look, I tip Manly. You tip the Broncos. Yep. Um, the, the one good thing about that game, I thought, was that Manly put me out of my misery early. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't have to wait too long to realise they weren't going to win. No. Um, but, yeah, look, it's all over the shop. There's teams are beating each other. The only two... T- and then we had, the obviously, the, the Penrith-Melbourne uh, game. Oh. Which I tip Penrith. I think you tip Melbourne. Did, yeah. where, Correct. Where Melbourne were um, either flogged. So, um, sort of the form went out the window. And, mm. and I think the Melbourne game, Trace, was a, a prime example of what happens to a team when um, they lose a couple of their best players. Mm. Um, I'm not making that excuse to say that they might have beaten Penrith with, with Pappenhausen and with their halfback there, but um, they never looked like it without them. Mm. And um, you talk about teams like the Knights and who, who they've had out and had to, you know, had to manufacture teams over the last six or seven weeks. Makes a big difference when your um, your key players aren't there, and and um, that just showed Penrith were just way too good. They were incredible. They really were. Now, you and I had a, a bit of a chat about the Roosters' eels. Um, we both obviously went for the eels, but there was just something for both of us, wasn't there, that, uh, look, they've been playing well, but I can't see them coming over the top of the uh, of the eels. But, man, 31-24, to 24, what do you think uh, is going on at the at the Eels? Yeah, I don't know. Um, they didn't... Well, I, I, I think Brad Arthur hit, hit, hit the nail on the head with the Eels the week before, after they... Um, who did they beat the week before? Penrith. Mm. Um, he hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, we, we, can, we can match these top teams. We've beaten Melbourne. We've now beaten Penrith. But... Uh, the difference between those teams and us is that we don't do it consistently. We're not consistent. We can mm-hmm. come out, and and that's what happened. They came out the following week against the Roosters, and you know for the first thirty minutes of the game, weren't even in the contest. Mm-hmm. 
And um, look, the Roosters haven't been playing well, but you look at their team and you think to yourself, well, you know, there's every chance that they're going to get it together at some point. And they certainly got it together in that first 40 minutes last week and and sort of blew the Eels away. The Eels came back hard at them and, and um, narrowed the gap to only a few points, but uh, Roosters too good in the end. And, and yeah, look, I, I think the... I think the Roosters have underachieved this year, so a, a performance like that's not a, not a real surprise. And Parramatta are renowned for you know um, being really really good one week and maybe not as good the next week. So that's what happens. Yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> If you're going to bet on form, that that is what will happen with the eels. When when you yep. when you most expect them to win is when they'll disappoint you. Yep. Oh, that's all right. Let's go. Righto. So we get underway with round uh, round 11. Now, I, I'm quite scared because you and I have actually agreed on all of our tips this week, which is uh, which is quite oh, disturbing. Really? Yeah. Yep, we have. Um, the Knights take on the Broncos uh, tonight at home at, uh, at Marathon. Now, I'm a bit... Uh, the reason why I haven't gone for the Knights tonight, I know that we have uh, we have you know we have a, a few players back. We've got Anthony Milford starting uh, starting for the first time for the Newcastle Knights, but Baz, we beat the Bulldogs. That's it. The Bulldogs who are playing horrendously. I don't take a great deal of confidence out of that, and the way that the Broncos are playing is uh, is just great. Yeah, look, they are playing great. They're on a real roll. Their forwards are going terrific, and off the back of that. Adam Reynolds has been just oh, incredible. Uh, he was fantastic last week, but that was because of the the um, platform that the forwards laid for him. Uh, they destroyed Manly. Manly were, I thought Manly were really poor mm. in the middle of the ruck, and and the Broncos went through them, and and Reynolds took full advantage. Look, I, I think the Knights, even though they didn't play that great last week, I think they'll take some confidence out of actually actually winning, and I think the the inclusion of Milford will make a big difference. I think the inclusion of Dane Gagai, him, him being back, I thought uh, Mitch Barnett was terrific in mm. his first game back last week. David Clemens playing as good a football as he's played, I thought. Trace, I thought that uh, Daniel Safidi showed some signs last week that maybe he's out of coming out of his form slump. So oh, thank God. I, I think the Knights are a real chance tonight. I've tipped the Broncos mainly on form because mm. they have been going so well, but I think the Knights are a real chance and, and, and it's all going to hinge on whether Newcastle can stop uh, Brisbane up the middle. If they can stop Brisbane up the middle, I think they'll win. Um, but that's the challenge Newcastle's yeah. got. They've got, to, um, they've got to lift their game in the middle of the ruck and, and uh, if they can even, you know, if they can make it a 50-50 bet in the middle of the ruck, then I think the Knights um, will have enough with Milford in there to um, to maybe cause a, an upset. But as I say, on form, you've got to go with Brisbane. And I agree with you completely. It's exactly why I've uh, I've picked Brisbane. You know, I mean, you've you've got all the emotion. You've got the Knights at home. You've got Milford against his old club. You know, you've got all the emotion there. But I just, I don't know. I, I've, I've it, it, it's a 51-49 um, bet. Yeah, you know, the, the, yeah it, it, it could be a, a big upset for the Knights. Um, I hope it is. I hope we're both wrong. Um, but uh, I don't uh, I don't think we will be. The Tigers taking on the Bulldogs. This is going to be a great one. Yeah, look, it's always... Uh, I thought long and hard about this game, actually, before I tipped the Tigers, because um, yeah, how many times have you seen a team get rid of their coach in the and following lift. week? Mm. For whatever reason, they, they lift... Um, Nick Potter's been put in there as a 
you know, as a stopgap coach, I guess you could say, for the rest of the season was fantastic. So, for Mick Potter up against his old team that got rid of him um, in Balmain. So, it's um, all there. The Tigers. Yeah, mm. look, I think in the end, the only reason I went for for the Tigers is because it's with Leichhardt. Mm. Um, and they generally lift at Leichhardt, whether they still do or not, I don't know. They used to, you, know, you never used to tip against the Tigers at Leichhardt. Never. But probably gone a little bit in the last season or two. But, um, yeah, another 50-50. Actually, I thought the round, the whole round this week, Trace, was pretty difficult, to mm. be honest. So I, I could probably come away with two or three wins or one or two wins this week, the way the round is. Um, and I've, as I say, I've gone for the Tigers, but it won't mm. surprise me if, if the dogs lift and, and um, cause an upset. The Eels and the Seagulls is our uh, 7.55 Friday match. I've gone for the Eels with absolutely no confidence. Yeah, I've gone for the Eels too on the back of, of Manly last week, but then I've seen Manly... Uh, Manly's got a decent record against... They're playing at... Um, oh, no, they're playing at... Um, they're at Paris Bankwest, Coast, yeah. So, yeah. Is it Bankwest? So, whatever the old Parramatta Stadium is called now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's Bankwest anymore, either, is it? Oh, God, really? Just say Parramatta Stadium. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, I've gone for the Eels. I think they'll be they'll be too good for Manly. I, the the reason I went for Manly last week against Brisbane was because of Tommy's influence, and Tommy hadn't got an influence because he's walking around looks a bit like me walking around actually, just <laughs> limping and and struggling. He, his knee doesn't look right. I know they've come out and said there's no dramas with it, but yeah. um, he's not playing right, is he? He's not playing anywhere near his uh, his best, and he looks to be um, yeah he looks to be really struggling with that. So I think Parramatta at home they're always harder to beat at home. I think they'll be too strong. St George and the Warriors again. That's a uh, I've gone for the Red V, of course. Um, but again, you know nothing would surprise me with this match. No, that's, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I've gone for the Dragons, but they're one of those teams. They're like I guess they're like us. At the mm. moment, and they're like um, a few others, uh, Canberra, and uh, a few of those sort of clubs that you just, you know, you just don't know who's going to turn up each week. Um, and the Warriors, they're sort of, they're a bit the same. They're, um, you know, that one week they're terrible, the next week they they show some signs, and and to to come back like they did last week, I know South put the cue in the rack probably, um, and they were. They were diabolical in the first half of the Warriors defensively, but you know they showed a bit of spirit and a bit of heart to come back like they did and, and nearly snatched it in the end. So I give them some sort of a hope, but Dragons at home, I think they'll be too strong. The other game that is a, is a real tough one is the Cowboys taking on the Storm. It is up there in Queensland. It's uh, it's going to be Bellamy's 509th game as uh, as coach of the Storm. He's just decided that he's going to continue to coach next year. They've got it all in their favour, but the Cowboys, if anyone's going to spoil the party, it'll be the Cowboys. Yeah, they've been going great, the Cow. Mm. Um, they were favourites to win the wooden spoon, I think, at the start of the year, and they're up in nearly in the top four, I think, at the moment. So uh, they've strung some wins together. They're playing good footy. Um, I've tipped Melbourne for two reasons. You've mentioned one, the fact that Bellamy's decided to hang around for another year. I reckon that'll probably lift, lift the players during the week and their halfbacks mm. back on deck. Uh, I think he's a big player for them. I know Pappenhausen's not there, obviously, but... Uh, Having the half back uh, back on deck, I think he'll make a difference to them. I can't uh, look. It's, I, I was tempted to tip tip the cows, but I've gone with Melbourne. Mm. Melbourne um, 
purely on the back of the fact that the, their main playmaker's back and, and I think he'll get the job done for them. Roosters and Panthers, I'm, uh, even though it's a Roosters home game, I'm going the Panthers. Yeah, look, you can't tip against the Panthers mm. at the moment, the way they're playing. You just, uh, you know, the Roosters were great last week, as I said in the first half, but you just, um, you know, you know, it's going to be an upset if the Panthers get beat by anyone the way they're going. Mm. And a uh, uh, good challenge, it'd be a good game actually, because the Roosters would have taken some confidence out of knocking over the Eels last week, and, and uh, they'll be up for it. Um, but I just think in the end that the Panthers will probably strangle them and get them. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there. Now, uh, let's race through these final two. It's the, the two, actually, I have gone against you in one, but we'll get to that in just a moment. The Rabbitohs and the Raiders. Um, <laughs> really, the, the Raiders at the moment, you just, uh, again, no no form consistency, nothing. And, uh, mate, the Rabbitohs are looking all right. Yeah, I'm not a not a great fan of the Rabbitohs. This game's in Dubbo, I think, too. Mm. It uh, sort of negates the home ground advantage for South. And I thought Canberra defensively were fantastic last week. So I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if it's an upset. I've gone South, but I, I'm not sold on them. It wouldn't surprise me if there's an upset, but as I say, I've gone South. Okay. Here we go. We are going... I can't believe that I've done this, but uh, I actually have. I've gone for the Titans against the what? Sharks. Yep. I've gone the Titans at home against the Sharks. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be I'll, after having tipped the Titans, and I tipped them last week, I've seen got snuck over, mm. but uh, having tipped the Titans most of the year and been let down badly, if if, if you now get on their bandwagon, <laughs> and I haven't, and you get up, well, I'd be pretty disappointed with that. Yeah, yeah, I would be too if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, no, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, if if the Sharks, uh, the Sharks play, can't play as badly as they did last week, I know they've got a couple of players. Uh, well, I'm hoping that they can't anyway, because if they do, then the Titans will win. So, mm. um, and look, the Titans will take some confidence out of getting a uh, sneaking home last week as well. So, it's one of those fifty-fifty games. I did tell you it was a hard round. This it's a really round. tough round. I, I, anyone who knows rugby league this week, I think uh, you're in a world of pain because. Uh, if you're betting on form and if you're betting on, on what you know, uh, mate, it, it's yeah. just as easy to be to not know anything and, and you know, um, just, just flick up a coin because it's just this week is really tough. Yeah, it is. It is. What's the podcast this week or have you been too sick to do one? No, I did one. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not up yet. No, yeah, today. It comes to Craig Smith. Oh, great. Mm. So, very good actually because he's a guy that. He only played a couple of years for the Knights um, at the back end of his career, but he played for New Zealand, went over to England to play, played in a grand final for the Dragons, and worked with Nathan Tinkler for a couple of years, Trace, if you remember. I do, um, yeah. So he talks a bit about uh, his relationship with Tinkler and everything else. So yeah, he's a, he's a, And he also, at the end of it, Trace talks a lot about where he thinks the Knights are at the moment, and it's uh, yeah, it's pretty revealing stuff. It's good stuff from, from Smithy, so it's a good one. Um, how uh, how was his relationship with Tinkler? Was he one of the ones who actually got along with him? Yeah, he was. Mm. He did. Yeah, he did. He um, he said that you know when you if you he knows all the shortcomings and everything mm. else, but um, he said if you're judging people on how they are how they treated you and everything else, well, he treated me very well. So there was a lot of people who said that. A lot of people. Yeah. If you're on his right side and and you knew who he was and you could deal with him, he was great. Um, yep. I never had any issues with him. It was the lieutenants, no, the lieutenants who were underneath him that were my issue, but yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, listen, you have a lovely weekend, my friend. Uh, hopefully there's only one match that I'm going to be tweeting you about or you're tweeting me. We'll, uh, we'll just wait and see. 
Stop <laughs> laughing. Oh, dear. Go the Sharks. Thank you. Go the Titans. I'll chat with you next week. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, mate. Bye. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live, and that was Barry Tui with uh, Round 11 Tips of the NRL. Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.